My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. This week, we're going to discuss dinner parties, being alone, and the state of Sunday Scaries. There are a variety of smells you associate with very specific events in your life. I'm not certain, but I could swear my first kiss was wearing a stolen bottle of Vermont's Clinique Happy Perfume when we kissed underneath the streetlight in front of my old house. I can differentiate between my aunt's hash browns and normal hash browns, and the smell of a snuffed candle will forever take me back to my dad letting me help clean up after they throw one of their dinner parties. Because in the 90s, dinner parties seemed to run as rampant as perms, Zima, and banning your kids from watching MTV Spring Break. Every Friday or Saturday night, my parents were either heading out for a dinner party or they were furiously running around the house trying to make sure everything was in order for one of theirs. Do you want to take the coats tonight, they'd ask me before I'd bring my mom's friend's fur coat to their bedroom where I'd jump on the bed and pass out while watching the Sandlot or Mighty Ducks. I'd hide upstairs looking through our banister while there appeared to be a Gatsby-esque cocktail party below my feet with people telling dirty stories and drinking even dirtier martinis. Lavish or not, everything seemed lavish when you're an eight-year-old kid in pajamas watching people eat shrimp cocktails and drink fancy named things that came out of bottles with corks. But those days have seemed to have come and gone, vanished into thin air like the notion that it was okay to smoke indoors or drink roadies anywhere you went. The pageantry of a well-thrown dinner party is nothing but a thing of the past, a relic of a time gone by where preparations included but were not limited to loading the 8-CD changer with Sister Act, Kenny G, and Michael Bolton. I want to think it's a sign of the times. There are too many good restaurants, you say. No one owns houses anymore, you tell me. It's expensive to throw a party for 10 people, you complain, while Venmoing your friend $40 for a lunch that includes nothing more than a half-eaten sandwich and a split bottle at Rosé. But to me, that's all kind of hogwash. Nothing more than a slew of excuses to get out of doing a few dishes and stocking your bar up for the first time since you moved in. There don't need to be caterers, valets, bartenders, and a cleanup crew. There doesn't need to be a cold seafood bar or a tower of overflowing champagne cups next to an ice sculpture. Just a case of discounted wine, the sweet sounds of a jazzy Spotify playlist, and enough couples in attendance to request that they just bring over an appetizer and it'll fill the house with all the food you need. Hell, if you have kids, you even have your doorman and cleanup crew. It's amazing the motivation an eight-year-old will have if you promise him five bucks and the taste of champagne. Trust me, I was one of those kids. I understand that yes, these parties are going to be less Instagrammable than sushi at Ginger or stone oven pizza at Crust. But once you light a few tall candles, turn the volume dial up after dinner, and pop open that expensive bottle of wine you were intending to save for a special occasion, life's troubles will fall by the wayside and everything will fall into place. Between the wine and dip you brought to share and your Uber ride there, you'll end up having a rip-roaring good old-fashioned 90s time for the price of a single steak at Chop. But now that I think about it, how did all of our parents get home from these things when there wasn't Uber to shuttle everyone home once the red wine and martinis ran dry? Eh, actually don't really answer that. Some things are better left in the past. This week's episode is brought to you by Hawthorne. It should come as no surprise that I like to pamper myself. Whether it be a scented candle or a nice meal, treating yourself is something we all need to do once in a while to keep morale up. Most recently, I've discovered a company that has taken personal care to the absolute next level, Hawthorne. Before I got my box of Hawthorne cologne, body wash, shampoo, and deodorant in the mail, I did something every single one of their customers does. I took a brief quiz that tailored all these amazing products to my needs. They even asked me about my favorite products I've previously used and based my results on them. When I got the box in the mail, I was absolutely blown away. 
Not only did everything smell amazing, but the packaging alone was enough to cause me to throw my other shower products to the side. I got two colognes, one for work and one for play, and even some aluminum-free deodorant that I've used every day since. How does it work? Well, you take a two-minute quiz and Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that work best for you. It's totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co, that's Hawthorne with an E, and use promo code SCARIES to get 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O, and use my code SCARIES to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. The word alone has a negative connotation to it. Alone can describe a feeling, someone who doesn't feel supported, or someone who may have found themselves alone in the line of thinking when everyone else is against them. It can also signify the actual physical being of someone who is actually, well, just alone. All is quiet, no one around, truly embarking on something without the physical presence of anyone else being near them. I spent a majority of my 20s in my hometown. It was a small town in northern Michigan where the long winters can give you that feeling of solitude, but more by default than by choice. If you gave most people in their mid-20s the option of living in a small town where the median age feels closer to 45 than 25 versus living in a city surrounded by like-minded people, they'd probably choose the latter. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have regular weekend occurrences of FOMO when I'd see my friends and acquaintances going to bars or concerts while I kind of just sat around relaxing. Luckily for me, Instagram hadn't truly taken off yet so I could manage my fear of missing out by simply ignoring the world around me and honing in on the things that interested me. While that's easier said than done, it was most definitely easier in 2013 than it would have been today. Being alone, which is normally referred to in a negative light, actually taught me a lot about myself through those formative years. Being able to entertain oneself isn't just a trait, but a skill that you have to hone over time, and a necessary skill at that. While most weekends I would have preferred to be bar hopping with some of my best friends in places like Chicago or New York, I knew it wasn't healthy to stew over it. If anything, I needed to take that emotional energy and channel it into something that would simply take my mind off things. During these cold, dark weekends, if the skiing wasn't great or there wasn't a special event like a beer festival happening anywhere near me, what was I to do? Watch TV all day? Make a new recipe? Or heaven forbid, read? None of those options actually sound all that awful to me today, but at that time in your life, ages 23 to 27, those options paled in comparison to taking down a bucket of beers while posted up at a bar watching college football all day. Both are simple and modest ways to entertain oneself, but when you're 25, Day drinking just kind of feels more entertaining than reading. I'd be lying if I said that watching people have fun from afar didn't eventually take its toll on me. It would ruin my nights in, cause me strife that I wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing in life, and even just made me outright depressed some weekends. While the hourglass is spilling and you're approaching 30, you can almost feel each grain of fun dropping as the Friday and Saturday nights go by. But what I didn't realize at the time was that those days and nights alone actually made me who I am today. I know that sounds overtly cheesy, but it's true. Without that time to myself, things would undoubtedly be different. I wouldn't have pursued the creative outlets I did because I would have been more stimulated elsewhere. I wouldn't have learned as much about myself and my personality had I constantly been on the go. Most importantly, I wouldn't have learned how to entertain myself without thinking twice about it. Today, I almost have too many options in front of me. I can go out day drinking with friends, take day trips to interesting locations, or simply do what used to sound terrible to me, read on the couch. I've learned that I now yearn for those nights or weekends in, and that spending time and money at grungy bars isn't how I actually want to spend my Saturdays. Of course, that's partially a product of getting older, but also a product of realizing that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. 
I know there are a lot of you out there who don't live in Chicago's, DC's, New York's, and other popular postgrad havens. You may feel like you're missing out. You may feel like you're wasting your days. You may be endlessly applying to jobs in hopes of one day joining the masses. But let me just say, as a person who went through it for longer than I would even like to admit, those times of being alone, well, they don't have to be times when you feel alone. Feeling sorry for yourself is a lot more taxing than figuring out new ways to entertain yourself. And the best part, you may learn a lot about yourself in the process. Today's episode marks the end of about a month-long stretch where I've somewhat taken a step back from Sunday Scaries as a whole. I can use the excuse that it's because I was on vacation, but for the first time since the brand's inception, I can actually say that it was more needed than it was anything else. In this industry, consistency is key. Without it, you're forgotten. I've always considered it to be a major factor in how I got to where I am today. From the moment I started the website and subsequently began writing full-time, I always had personal benchmarks I wanted to hit whether my audience realized it or not. The intrinsic need to keep going is something I've always taken pride in, something that's kept me going on my laziest of days, and something that's allowed me to excel even in times when my circumstances did their best to stop me from doing so. Sunday Scaries, the website, was much different than Sunday Scaries, the podcast. This show, while still fun, is a lot more mature version of a person I used to be. Less about dating and more about self-care and facial routines, Sunday Scaries has evolved as a brand in the same way I've evolved as a person. Luckily, my audience allows those things to happen seamlessly and simultaneously. While in Scotland over New Year's, we stayed in a house that was, for the lack of a better term, pretty damn close to being in the middle of nowhere. I anticipated that cell service would be at a minimum, but I soon found that we only got service in one room of the house. This was a welcome treat considering how difficult I found it to simply set down my phone and tune out the rest of the world. In this line of work, unplugging is harder than it used to be for me. There's a definitive connection between being present online and the success of the company, so there's always an excuse for me to be on my phone. But surrounded by the Scottish Highlands and two friends who I see all too little of, the complete and utter lack of service was a blessing more than a curse. Our last morning in the cottage turned out to be the best weather we'd see all week. So much so that we considered doing a bonus night and returning to London a day after we originally planned. Though that plan fell through, it made the brief moments that morning feel a little more savory. In two hours time, we'd be inching our way back to Edinburgh where we'd definitely have phone service and where I'd definitely look at my phone more than I wanted to. There was a moment after we got done cleaning the kitchen where I walked out the front door and looked at the scenery in front of me. Taking out my phone to take a photo, I nearly turned around and walked back inside once it was finally taken. It didn't take much of a realization for me to think to myself, what the hell are you doing turning around already? So instead, I slipped my phone back into my pocket and looked at the mountains in front of me. A breath in, a longer breath out. A breath in, a longer breath out. And yep, you guessed it, a final breath in and an even longer breath out. I knew that once I ripped myself away from the view and went inside, the most enjoyable stint of our vacation would soon be over that the three days I'd been looking forward to most would officially be a memory rather than a reality, and that I'd long to go back there probably for the rest of my life. After the final stretch of deep breaths in and out, there wasn't so much a sense of dread that I had to go home, but a calm realization that I had accomplished exactly what I wanted to accomplish. I had hit the reset button. My job isn't arduous. It's not something I complain about doing because with all my heart, I do love it. But as it goes with anything in your life that you do for a consistent period of time, it began to weigh on me a little bit. In December, the writing I was doing for the show didn't feel like my heart or mind was behind it. I was trying to write for the sake of writing, putting out episodes for the sake of putting out episodes, which, as you can guess, is why the hiatus took place. Today, in the week leading up to it, I truly have felt refreshed and ready to get back to things. Yes, even through all the jet lag. I've looked forward to writing, recording my other podcasts, and doing tasks that I put off prior to the new year. 
I've admitted to myself changes that I need to make both personally and professionally. And for the first time since I started drinking at the age of 18, I entered the new year feeling refreshed rather than hungover. What this year has in store, I have yet to find out. I have some personal goals for the Brandon podcast, and I have some major changes that I want to implement sooner than later. In the meantime, it's going to be business as usual around here until those changes decide to settle in. And when I'm feeling beaten down, I should probably just remind myself to take a look at that photo from outside of our cottage. Because if there's anything I learned while away, it's that a wee walk through the Scottish Highlands can fix pretty much anything. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about the podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter, which is at Sunday Scaries, and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scaries. Or you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.